The Popo Report. Paul Ciolino is a licensed and board certified private investigator. He's the first and only expert in homicide investigation, hired by 48 Hours and CBS News as an on-air personality. Lupe Aguirre. After completing law school, he became a founder principal of an Illinois family law and real estate firm. He honorably serves the citizens of Chicago as a police officer attorney. Together, they tell the stories of crimes committed in the Chicago area and the stories of men and women who serve and protect. This is the Popo Report. Welcome to the Popo Report. Saturday night in Chicago, Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino, your host. You got nothing better to do than listen to this show tonight between 7 and 9, folks. Right, Lupe? What's up, Paul? Yeah. It's uh, going to be a wonderful show, though. We got a lot of stuff happening tonight. And we'll start off with our favorite subject the last few shows. Jason Van Dyke, locked up in jail. How's he going to do? Another Van Dyke story, huh? Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's going to be in the news for a while. Well, they shipped him out to the Netherlands at Quad Cities, about 160 miles west of the city. He's not in the county anymore. Uh, probably a little bit more pleasant there, a little bit better environment, but he's still locked up 23 hours a day. Well, Dan, yeah, protective custody. Uh, he's going to be in protective custody for a while. Big, biggest problem he's going to have? Boredom. Nothing to do. Nobody to talk to. Visits, you know, maybe once a week. Lawyers don't want to drive four hours to go visit your clients. So, you know, you, you got to talk to them on an unsecure line. It's about a 12-hour drive, isn't it? No, nah, it seems like 12 <laughs> hours because it's 12 hours of soybean and corn. Yeah. But uh, he, he'll be okay out there, I think. I, you know, everyone's saying, is he going to be all right? Is he going to get, you know, is, as a cop, is he uh, a target? It, certainly they're targets, former policemen who are now uh, convicts. But my experience in the correctional system is cops there long enough, they usually run in the show. They, they learn how to adjust, and they usually do pretty well in prison. I'm sure he's going to adapt pretty well. Uh, it still begs the question, though, uh, Paul, um, you know, bench trial versus jury trial. That's what I wanted to ask. Well, I mean, should he be in there if it was a if it was a, a bench trial? Well, uh, he he, according to Dandy Dan, his lawyer says he insisted on a jury trial. So uh, watch what you wish for because that jury whacked him, and there wasn't. They went back and voted basically twelve zip guilty. So it's a big problem for him. Does uh, Judge Gawn find him guilty? I don't know, but Judge Gawn's going to be sentencing him. Uh, next court date's October thirty first. And uh, that's just going to be preliminary stuff prior to sentencing. I mean, sure. Uh, I mean, the uh, Van Dyke probably asked for a jury trial, and he insisted on a jury trial. But as counsel, you should, you know, think what's more prudent for your for your uh, for your client. Well, most people would think that uh, a police officer would fare way better uh, having this uh, having this heard by a by a by a judge as opposed to uh, you know a cop. A jury that's very passionate and and uh, you know political climate in the city. Right. I mean, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you what I think. The the three next guys that are going on trial in this case, who uh, are accused of lying and committed perjury uh, when they were writing their reports and testifying in front of the grand jury, they will definitely be a bench trial. These guys are not going to take a chance with a jury. Uh, they do not want to wind up in custody, and I think that's the prudent move. Um, Police officers traditionally are not found guilty by judges unless it's really bad. And in Van Dyke, it's really bad because we got a videotape. Because of the videotape, huh? That's, that's... The videotape buried him. No videotape, not guilty. No videotape, probably not even indicted. Never mind, not guilty. So if it's not for the videotape, he's toast. Or it, it, he walks. I mean, he's toast with the videotape, as, as the jury showed. And it, was, it wasn't close. He didn't get a, you know, there wasn't one 
jury out of the jurors out of them 12 that wanted to say, yeah, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. They didn't do it. They went back there to vote guilty. They did. Now, now what remains? What kind of numbers he's going to roll when he gets sentenced? Going to be a big number or a little number? I would have to agree with you on that one, Paul. It's going to be tough that, that you know, the judge could give him probation, literally, if he wanted to. I mean, the, the state will scream. But he's looking, you know, at minimum six on each count of the aggravated discharge, on each count. Well, now he's in jail, so what's what's life like in jail now for uh, for our... Uh police officer Listen, Van Dyke. J- the biggest problem in jail is boredom. Bad food, boredom, prison games, stupid <laughs> correctional officers who, you know, are right off the farm. Uh, it, 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 it's not easy. If you're used to reading books, watching television, going out socially, eating dinner, et cetera, doing the normal things in life, you go to jail, it's a big, big change. And for a guy like Van Dyke, it's like he never thought he'd be here, ever. Not, no, no police officer believes that. I read a story on the um, one of the local papers that when it came down to uh, down toward to, to the end, he was he was pretty much he, he made up made up his mind that he was he wasn't going to walk. Well, I think he knew he was going. The last few days of trial did not bode well for him. So that's Jason. Uh, be revisited on the thirty first or somewhere around there. What's going on in Rogers Park? Or, yeah, the uh, next we... hearing's on the thirty first. You're correct. Yep. Rogers Park. We're still we're still talking about it. Uh, recap a little bit. We have two people assassinated, for lack of a better term, in Rogers Park. Both of them just walking around minding their own business. Uh, for their trouble, they get shot in the back of the head. And now Rogers Park is uh, really uh, buttoned down, and it it's kind of a tough go out there right now. What's going on out there? Well, you there? know, I think the neighbors are drawing closer, uh, uh, and uh, they remain on alert. They're forming social groups uh, throughout the uh, east and west side of Rogers Park. Uh, community groups, uh, you know, you need to go to the store, you need to uh, uh, go anywhere, you need, a, you need a partner, you need someone to, uh, you know, take you a block, uh, you know, down the street. They, get e- they hook each other up on Facebook, on, um, on a local uh, a chat network, and uh, people are just pulling together and helping huge, each other out. Huge law enforcement, huge popo uh, presence in Rogers Park these days, federal, state, local, right? There's, uh, yeah, a lot of foot patrol, uh, uh, Uniform, non-uniform, feds, everyone's uh, looking for this guy. And, um, I mean, it's been quiet for the last week or so. But, um, yeah, the heat's on. I think they're the, uh, the uh, it's up to 23000 uh, for the reward. Well, that's a nice reward. Good yeah. news is no one else has been shot. Uh, the shooter has gone uh, quiet, thank God, right? I mean... And also, people are not walking around looking at their iPhones while they're walking through the intersection or walking on the lakefront or doing whatever they do. They're paying attention now, which is good advice all the time. You know, let me ask you. I mean, you're a, you've been an investigator for a long time, right? And uh, mostly on the forensic side, correct? That's right. Um, well, let me just ask you. Um, where do you think investigators are starting? Uh, what are they looking at right now? Well, they're trying to try to track them down. They're profiling. They're looking for a young white male, a typical guy who commits these kind of crimes. Um, They got a good physical description with no face, so they know what kind of body type they're looking for, which, you know, listen, you start eliminating, right? Half the population's female. We don't have to worry about them, right? Uh, Another third of the population are kids under the age of 18. Probably not too concerned about them. So, you know, you start looking around violent crimes you've been in trouble before and we're going to come back and finish rogers park we're going to reset and uh 
talk about 60 more things of interest to you on this Saturday night. So don't miss. Thanks for starting us off, Paul. We'll be back with the Popo Report on WSAM 890 with a little more Rogers Park and uh, some other great interesting stories from uh, from around our uh, great city. WLSAM 890 in Chicago, Saturday night. Welcome back, folks. Talking about Rogers Park shootings. What happened? What are we going to do about it? We're going to solve this crime? You know, you started talking about profiling. You know, in this instance, profiling isn't such a bad thing. You know, we got to basically have to, uh, you know, does the killer have a connection uh, to the location where the murders occurred? I mean, that's, does he live in the area? You know, could we uh, eliminate certain suspects? You know, we got about a hundred to a thousand suspects. We have to look. It's like looking at you're looking for a needle in a haystack. That's in right. The situation, correct? Yeah, we're always looking at the usual suspects. So you start with guys who have uh, committed armed robberies. Uh, you look for them people who are progressing in their crimes. Right? They go from little assaults to ag assaults to assaults with weapons. So I'm sure all those doorknobs are getting shook in uh, Rogers Park for the usual suspects. The, the task force from ATF, the G. CPD, they're all looking like that. And, you know, and when you're profiling, what do you got to do? Victimology. Who are these people? What were the victims? What's going on in their life a few weeks prior to them getting killed? Could we do that with just two victims? Uh, oh, yeah, abso- Rogers Park? Abso- absolutely. Or do, do we do need... A- it's, 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 I mean, I guess they, they've coined this a spree killing. That's not, it's not necessarily a serial killer, serial right. killing. So with just two victims, is it possible to establish, at the very minimum, where... Uh, where the uh, where the killer li- may live. Well, you got to do victimology. Okay. First thing you have to do in a, any homicide case, right? What, or even a bad sexual assault case. In this particular case, it probably doesn't help that much because if it is a spree killing, they're random victims. They're just people in the wrong place, wrong time. You know, guy's walking his dog, the other guy's taking a break, going on lunch, or just getting off work, and they get whacked. We have a 73, the first victim was a 73-year-old victim walking his dogs right. uh, on the uh, west side of Sheridan. The second victim, which well, which was uh, about a, two days later, he was uh, in his early twenties. Uh, again, a male white. Um, I guess he was uh, he was playing Pokemon. He was just wandering the neighborhood. Right. He just got off work. He's you know once again you can't walk with your head in the clouds. You're walking around looking at that phone, texting, playing Pokemon, playing solitaire, whatever the case may be. That's when you get in trouble because you're not aware of your surroundings. And I think in Rogers Park, they're getting aware of their surroundings. Now they're stopping that nonsense, uh, you know, not walking in the telephone poles because they're too busy on the telephone. I mean, so, these telephones sometimes are just brutal. I mean, and the guy who's walking his dog, he's walking his dog. So there's no commonality between these two victims. We start there. You know, I ran across a police technique uh, known as geographic profiling. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with geographic pro- profiling. And you basically, um, there's... Um, you, you look out for behaviors, and there's one there's one uh, one principle called the uh, the least effort principle, which basically which basically means that crime locations are statistically more likely to occur near where the where the offender lives. It, let's say you uh, you want to you want to buy a loaf of bread, you're going to go down the street and buy a loaf of bread. You're not going to go seven miles down, right? So, be, you know, human behavior basically dictates that you're going to stay in your neighborhood. You know your familiar surroundings. Well, you listen. As in Chicago, you want to know where the alleys are, where, where the gangways are that don't have fences or uh, pit bulls sitting in there waiting for you to come through to run a house. So, yeah, you should be familiar with the neighborhood where you're committing crimes. And this guy probably right from the neighborhood. 
and and they are narrowing it down and narrowing it down. I predict they're going to solve this crime. And there's another principle called the buffer zone. So at the same time, you want to basically stay in, with in familiar surroundings, but you don't necessarily want to stay too close to your home where your neighbors will recognize you, where you know your people will you know you know basically recognize a pattern. You know, I've seen this guy walk down the street, walk that walk to the store. You know. Uh, for the last couple of days, so I mean, you're, I think, I think uh, law enforcement and, and local police, local police, uh, uh, local police are, are using uh, some of these some of these profiling principles to help at, at some point catch this guy. Well, I, I listen. The circle is tightening on this guy. They're narrowing it down. Uh, list of suspects. Someone's going to call in and say, "Listen, I got this wacky guy in counseling. You know, I'm not going to violate the uh, confidentiality, but you might want to knock on his door and have a conversation with him." I mean, we look at these people who do these spree killings. A lot of them got mommy issues, living at home alone. Uh, there's an estranged parent out there who might say, well, that really looks like my kid in all black. And it's just a matter of somebody picking up the phone at the right time. Right, yeah. So hopefully uh, hopefully the uh, Roger Spark killer will be caught soon and uh, we don't have any more victims. Uh, let's move on to the uh, a next great story, you know. Uh, hey, Paul, let me ask you a question. I'm sure you know the answer to this. Why do people rob banks? Well, listen, it's not because the money's there. Let me tell you, when you rob a That's bank... That's exactly why people rob banks, because the money's there. Yeah, but it's like two or 3000 usually. You'll never get that big score in the bank. And the risk factor is a minimum five years in a federal facility. And here's the thing with bank robbers. If you rob one bank and walk, you're probably not going to get caught ever. The problem starts is when you have a little success... And you start hitting two. You start getting cocky, huh? Yeah, you get cocky and you go, this is easy money. They just hand it over. I walk in, hand them a little note. I don't do anything. I don't yell. I don't raise my voice. There's a little note. Give me your money. Bank tellers are taught to give them the money. Exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah. Why Why risk? Yeah. Why it's, risk your, it's your life? It's easy, though. But remember, the banks have a lot of power and they have the FBI working for them. It's a federal crime. And the FBI loves solving bank robberies. And, and there's local That's what they force. do best. They're good at bank robberies. They're really good. And the banks are good. Because they have the best cameras, all right? I mean, it's 4G stuff. Yeah, they pick up zits on you. Uh, tattoos, forget about it. You got a neck tattoo, your history. Because it'll be on every newscast in two hours. But these guys, you know, going for the Daily Double, Rob two in one day, usually not a good idea. <laughs> the Daily Double, yeah. <laughs> it's the Daily Double. I, hey, I robbed, I robbed one this morning at the Jewel Branch. No, no problem, no sweaty da. And this afternoon, I'm going to go hit the big one downtown. Maybe I get a couple tellers to give me money. The problem, of course, is GPS tracking and money, right? A little GPS tracker, about as big as a uh, penny, about half the width. They throw it in the money. And next thing you know, you got that electronic hound dog. Wherever you go, wherever the money goes, and bank robber's not going to part with that money, okay? He's going to hang on to it. He's going to go spend it. That GPS tracker's in one of those bills. And it's the FBI just turns it on, and they follow you. Well, this guy, he it, it appears that he didn't even decide to use a, a good disguise. You could you get a clear look at his face, at his at the beard, at his at his eyes, at you know uh, everything was caught on camera. Was he cocktailing before he robbed the bank? I mean, who goes into a bank and doesn't wear a disguise? Apparently not this you guy. You know, because some baby mama that's mad at you is going to call. If you didn't stop over with some of the dough from the bank robbery and drop it off on that, that two years of child support, yo, she might pick up the phone. Not a good idea not to go in without being disguised. 
So, Paul, we just had two bank robber stories. One was done in by GPS. The other one, basically, he was just too cocky, right? He thought he could get one more in before he uh, went back home to uh, watch the news. Not a good idea. Good idea to do that daily double. But I've got a better one for you coming up after this break. But before that, I'm going to tell you about the Popo tip line. Let us know what you know. You could contact contact us at 312-590-0587. You've been listening to the Popo Report on AM 890 WLS. Here are the stories of crimes committed against the people of Chicago. And the stories of the men and women who serve and protect us. This is the Popo Report. Saturday night, WLS AM 890. You got nothing better than do to listen to Lupe and Paul and the Popo Report. We got some great stories coming up. Finishing up local bank robberies. Lupe. We got a lot going on with bank robbers. So this genius, uh, you know, he robbed a bank in Palatine. Uh, and uh, on his way out, he dropped a scratch-off lotto ticket. And... I mean, is that it's sort of innocuous? You yeah, I, I want to interrupt. But okay. FBI officials are pretty smart, and you know yeah. how they tracked it down. You know how they tracked it down, right? They looked at that serial number. They called the Illinois Lottery and said, "Who sold this ticket?" It must have been a gas station somewhere, right? It was a local that's gas where, station uh, right yeah. next door, Arlington Heights. That's where you buy your. They uh, go over there. Offs. They go, give us your surveillance tape, and what happens? Genius is on the tape buying a lottery ticket. And redeeming a lot of t- yeah, exactly. no, no, I don't, he was buying a lottery okay. ticket, and even better, his car's on the video. There you go. With his license plate number. There you go. This is what we call easy pickings. Easy this is money. Yeah. Low hanging fruit. Here, here, a tip for you budding bank robbers. Okay, empty your pockets. Don't drop your wallet, your ID, your lottery ticket. Leave your phone at home. Your link card. Okay, don't have anything on you. Just a note. That's all you want in your pockets, the note. This is how not to perform a bank robbery. Well, this right? is how you go to federal prison for five years real quick. Real quick. Yeah, well, I guess he is going to federal prison. What was that, 38-year-old Dexter Riley? Hey, great popo work, though. They, they saw that crime without breaking a sweat, and they probably had a nice lunch in between. Yeah, I mean, that was easy. As long as it wasn't the microwave lunch at the gas station. So... It, this is nice. This is, this is good popo work. This is fun popo work. This is why you like doing that job. If you're the popo, this makes your life a lot easier. Stupid criminals. Most of them are stupid. That's yeah. how they get caught. Yeah, but how much did he get out of the bank robbery? A couple okay. thousand, right? Yeah, he didn't have time to spend it. They, they solved this thing in about 35 minutes. Well, you know what, Paul? If you're going to steal, what do you say we steal big, right? Because you're going to get caught at some point, but at least make it worth your while, right? Man, you want to steal big with that pen and that computer, okay? Because, number one, you might not get five years if you do it that way. You're not handing a poor teller a note, shaking them up. You're not sitting in court sentencing with a 19-year-old, uh, little blonde, blue-eyed, sweet thing sitting there saying how terrorized she was. This has changed my life forever. I'll never sleep well again. An old federal judge looking at you going, eh, it'll be 15, sir. Pretty much. So if you're going to steal, go for the big number. And I got, I've got i got someone who actually stole big. It's actually out of Niles. So it's, it's, a, local, uh, it's a local store. We've got a Niles financial advisor, nonetheless, a white-collar criminal. This, who, is, this is the way to steal unless hey. you're Bernie Mayhoff, and then, you know, you get 9,000 years. Well, that's in the billions. I'm talking millions. Right. This was a nice score if you don't get caught. Yeah, this swindler stole about $2.5 from elderly clients. Her name was uh, 
Lucita Zamoris. Lucita Zamoris. And I'm guessing Lucita was targeting uh, Hispanic people. Yeah, you know, I guess it's sort of a confidence game, right? Sure. You, 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 uh, you know, you're part of the community. Right. Uh, you speak the language. Yes. And you, very you important. Know, very you, important. You seem very approachable. And, hey, you know, I just want to help you out. I want to give you some sound financial advice. And when, you know, the money gets handed over, you know, they just start deciding to take trips, uh, buying furniture, uh, uh, you know, uh, high-end high -end clothing with, uh, with the investor's money. Listen, they go out and buy racehorses. It's always luxury items. They never steal in the pay to rent. They're never stealing to pay off Granny's hospital bill. They're always stealing to buy the Maserati, the new Mercedes, to go on the Disney trip with all the kids and grandchildren. And the people who are left holding the bag are the people who could least afford to do it. And Mrs. Morris was doing this for a, for a long time. I believe she started in 2009, and she finally got caught Uh Oh, this finally, year. finally, someone beefed her and looked at her records. And as we know, there's all kinds of federal requirements when you're dealing with there's other lot, people's money. There's a money. paper trail if, 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 uh, if, if, if you're going to look, yeah. It took an FBI accountant about 30 minutes to figure this one out. They go to her bank, they subpoena her records, they look at how she's spending her money, they look at her investment accounts, they call up the SEC, the SEC goes, oh, uh, we don't know nothing about this woman. She's not licensed, she doesn't have an office. I mean, this is an easy crime to solve, but it takes someone to complain. And what happens in the minority community is, they're afraid to complain. They're afraid to go to the authorities. Right. And finally, somebody's probably kid who's very Americanized says, Mom, Dad, where's all up. your money? What yeah. happened to your, you know, your, your $300,000 in savings, your 401K? I, I, there's no statements. How do you know this lady? Questions start getting asked, and that's how they get caught. Well, thank God for Ms. Morris of Chicago. She's going to be charged with one count of mail fraud and could possibly spend about 20 years in prison. And, and I'm going to tell you. She you think deserved, she's going to pay restitution? Uh, no, they'll order restitution, they'll order all kinds of money. But once you go to federal prison, nobody's paying anything. No one is going to pay that fine. No one's going to pay restitution. Those people are out on the street uh, with nothing. Well, thank God the Pope was on top of this. Uh, saved a lot of other people from becoming victims. So we leave uh, the 2.5 million theft and we go to our, one of our favorite subjects, carjackings on the north side. What's going on in Lincoln Park, Lupe? Well, it's... Uh it's a, basically a, a nightly occurrence uh, here in Chicago. It's happened on the north side in Lakeview and in Lincoln Park. Uh, two, uh, you know, two jackasses actually just go up to people and, you know, show them a gun and give me your, give me your car. And that's the best thing you can do. When someone approaches you, wants to rob you, wants your car, just give it up. It's property. You know, you'll get, you have insurance, you have your life. Don't even worry about it. It's not a big deal. Walk in the house and call farmers, right? Just, Just walk, walk in the away. house and call farmers. And you got your life. You're not in a hospital. You're not bleeding out in the alley. Give them the stupid car. Even if you live in Lincoln Park and these things aren't supposed to happen up there, they happen. Walk away. From a Maserati to a Toyota, it doesn't matter. Your life is not worth it. You know, these guys get in and they keep on doing their thing. They went down the street and they... One, I think uh, they they uh, they approached a, a delivery guy and got his uh, cell phone and, and actually got his car too because there were two in a car. One got out and got that other car, and then they kept on doing their thing. Hey, give them the cell phone. Give them the stupid car. Give them the give them the pizza you're delivering. That doesn't matter. That's right. Give them your purse. All right. I don't care what's in there. Walk away with your life and your health. Uh, these are dangerous crimes committed by stupid people who do stupid things when you resist. And the best thing the Pobo can do is 
tell her to just give it up, you know? Don't worry about it. That's right. Walk away, folks. Moving on from uh, these two uh, carjackings, we got a shooting on I-57, which basically was shut down for, uh, 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 let's see, a couple hours on um, on Saturday. You know, we've talked about this before. Shootings on the Eisenhower, shootings on 57, shootings on I-55. It's dangerous. On Dan Ryan's shootings nightly almost. It's a Hollywood shootout every time on the Dan Ryan. And let me tell you, when them bullets start flying on uh, at 55 miles, 70 miles an hour, they, they, they've got no target, okay? You, you just, it, it, God's mercy at that point. It's, you know, if, uh, if, if lady, lady Luck has to be on your side when uh, shots are, you know, fired on the expressway, you just got to, you know, make sure... Uh, <laughs> Y'all quit, please. You duck. Just make quit, sure you duck. Quit, quit shooting on the expressway. Nobody hits what they're aiming at. You're always going to hit that, that you know, 60-year-old guy who's a year away from retirement. You're going to kill him. Uh, he don't know you. He don't have a beef with you. Please please quit shooting up the expressway. Not only that, it screws up traffic for, like, you know, a day. It never ends. Yeah, the offenders are shooting at, they're basically not going to get hit. They're like Teflon like Teflon dolls. Nothing, nothing strikes them. So... From that, we're going to continue on. Uh, you've been listening to the Popo Report on WLS AM 890. We'll see you in a few. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're with the Popo Report. Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino, Saturday night, WLS AM 890. 50,000 screaming watts coming at you. We hope you're listening in your car coming downtown. It's a lot more fun than just talking to your girlfriend or boyfriend, right? Let me just say, Paul, you sound great, but continue. It's better to look great, but we're on radio, so I'll settle for sounding great. Thank you, brother. You got it. So we go to our next story. Washington State strikes down a death penalty, citing racial bias. You know what? This is right up your alley because back in, in, you know, what, uh, 2000, you were one of the, uh, you were instrumental actually, and uh, convincing Governor, the then Governor Ryan to uh, basically strike down the death penalty, death penalty here in Illinois. Well, myself and 17 bad cases out of 26 where they tried to convict, and they did convict, and tried to execute people who were actually innocent. Uh, it's a big problem, this death penalty thing, okay? Right. Number one, it costs a gazillion dollars to give someone a death penalty, and then the appeals take 22, 23, 30 years longer. Lawyers, investigators experts it's a never-ending cash cow for all involved the government the defense people the death penalty doesn't work it doesn't deter crime one bit uh guys who are going to commit murders are going to commit them irregardless or i'm sorry regardless of what the potential penalty is because that's what most people think they the main the main reason for the death penalty basically retribution and deterrence of capital crimes uh, and that's not really happening well we'd like a deterrent right quit killing people but clearly the death penalty doesn't work we can't afford it washington state uh kicked it loose based on racial bias and how, how do we notice well we know traditionally and forever in this country if you're a a minority and you commit the same crime as a white guy you're about four times more likely to get the death penalty because why well most of the time you're not having a juror or jury of your peers if you're a Hispanic or a black guy, you're usually looking at 10 or 11 white people on there. And it's a lot easier for them to say, hey, let's give them the death penalty instead of life in prison. And it's a political tool. Yeah. It's a straight-up political tool. I'm tough on crime. We're going to kill these people who are killing us or committing what other nefarious crime you're committing. It doesn't work. It 
bankrupts the system. You get into a small county in North South Carolina, Georgia, and the judge is looking at you and like, I'm not giving you $5,000 for an expert. We don't have that kind of money in our budget. I'm not giving you money for an investigator. If the guy's innocent, he should be getting, all, he should be getting these, these benefits if he's in the criminal justice system, right? Yeah. You know what strikes me here, though? Uh, Washington, Washington State, it's the 20th state, basically, in the union to uh, strike down the death penalty, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? Well, it, it's, it's up there. And at some point, they'll probably be gone from everywhere. But it's a political tool. We, it, it doesn't work. It's unnecessary. Give them life in prison. Throw away the key. You're never going to see or hear from them again. Never. It's all over with. But here in Washington State, uh, this basically case was prompted by a convicted murderer. His name is Alan Eugene Gregory. He was in jail for aggravated first-degree murder, and he basically argued that the death penalty was imposed, uh, uh, applied unequally. And then they, they commissioned a study, and then the, uh, the Supreme Court basically agreed with him. Well, it, it didn't help out his case. He's still, I mean, he's still in jail. Listen, he's not going nowhere, nor should he go anywhere, okay? Mm-hmm. We throw the key away, say adios. He committed this horrendous crime. He, he, he committed, when you kill somebody, of course, you kill many more victims than just the person right. you kill. Moms, dads, sisters, brothers, children. Down the line, yeah. It, it, it never ends, right? And it, it's a lifelong effect on people. It's a hor- horrendous crime. You should be punished harshly. But if we're killing them, we're not killing them for that reason. We're killing them to make ourselves feel good. We're killing them because the politicians love to say, I'm tough on crime. Elect me. We'll kill all these bad guys. They'll never do it again. You get life in prison with no parole, you're not going to do it again. It's over with. And from that case out of Washington, we're going to move to Nebraska, where uh, Nebraska carries out its first execution using fentanyl. Well, I mean, wow. Well, fentanyl? We, we got people dropping like flies who are uh, overdosing on fentanyl. So I guess Nebraska's attitude is, listen... Uh, it's cheap, and we could kill everybody on death row that we have sitting there with it. It's a good idea. Hey, look, as a law enforcement pro- professional, when I hear fentanyl, I just want to I just want to jump back because when we are you know when 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 a police officer is on the streets and they're doing uh, searching for narcotics, if you touch fentanyl with your bare hands, it is deadly. Just touching it, you know, you always want to have gloves on, but I mean, it's 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 nothing to mess around with. It's a dangerous compound, okay, chemical compound. It kills people every hour of the day in this country. So Nebraska figures, why not use it to kill our guys who, are, who have received the death penalty? Is this okay? Is, is it allowable? Well, look, here's the problem. The drug companies who manufacture the drugs that are traditionally used to kill you when you're, when you're laying on that gurney and the sentence is being carried out, these, these drug companies are now, they're stopped making this stuff. So now you got to get creative. If you don't have uh, hanging, if you don't have electrocution, if you don't have the gas chamber, if you don't have a uh, death by firing squad, we better figure out what kind of drugs we're going to use to kill you. So, uh, uh, hey, fentanyl, great idea. Cheap, readily available on the market. We could use that. You know what, Paul? As a society, I think we can do better. We have to do better. Moving on to another story out of, uh, you know, the, the, actually, this is, again, the state that keeps on giving. We have a Florida man accused of cutting off a man's penis here in Des Plaines. And actually, he was granted a $1 million bond. <laughs> you believe that? I, now, you know, as a man, I'm thinking that's death penalty worthy. But I, apparently the uh, legislature in Illinois uh, you could cut off a penis and still get a bond and walk around. So what, ha- what happened? Why did this guy get his penis cut off? So we have uh, Justin Foster out of Tallahassee. 
He's, bas- he's been held without bond since he was brought to Cook County in September on attempted uh, murder charges. So I guess there's uh, some kind of a relationship twist. He comes, he flies from, uh, from Florida down to Des Plaines. He tracks down a guy who was uh, dating his ex-girlfriend. Listen, I think it's allowable to date an ex-girlfriend, isn't it? Well, and then he, he gets a tire iron and hits him over the head, knocks him out, and he goes and chops off his penis and throws it, you know. He tosses it. Tosses it, leaves him for dead. Well, even better. He gets hides, on a plane. Hides goes the back, body. Gets on a plane and goes back to Florida. Yeah, yeah. Gets he, on a plane and goes back to Florida. He hid the body and hoping no one would find the guy. The guy's bleeding out. He's got a compound skull fracture from the tire iron. I, I tell you what, Justin really tried to kill him hard. It, it's tough to get a p- gun on a plane, though, right? Oh yeah, I mean you 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 land it. You can land anywhere. Just go to uh, the local, uh, <laughs> go to the local store and uh, pick up uh, AutoZone. You know, anywhere you go to AutoZone, get something sharp. Go to AutoZone, get yourself a little carpet cutting knife, get yourself a tire iron. Uh, for six bucks, you're out the door. Five minutes. It's not hard. Yeah, but this guy, uh, well, he. Uh, He's got actually has a good good uh, good defense lawyer. He's basically got him. He got him. Uh, you know, he's got. If he has ten thousand dollars, he can get out of jail. Basically, ten percent of a uh, hundred thousand. Is it a hundred thousand? Hundred thousand out of a million, he gets out of jail. I don't know for take for, for for slashing someone's penis and basically leaving him for uh, for brain dead. You really got to think about this. If you're posting the bond for young Justin, okay. If I'm Justin's mama and Justin got on the plane, uh, went up to Chicago, and cut this guy's penis off, hit him in the head, tried to kill him, concealed his body. I'm thinking maybe I'm going to let Justin sit for a while because I don't know I want Justin walking around the house anymore after I find out he's capable of that. Well, he's still a legit offender. You know, they don't have the weapon. They don't have the, uh, you know, they couldn't find the penis. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see where this story leads. You've been listening to the Popo Report on WLS AM 890. And don't forget, we have the Popo Tip Line. Let us know what you know. 312-590-0587. On the next hour, we have crimes across the country and a couple more Popo-related stories. Again, you've been listening to the Popo Report on WLS AM 890. The Popo Report. Paul Cialino is a licensed and board certified private investigator. He's the first and only expert in homicide investigation, hired by 48 Hours and CBS News as an on-air personality. Lupe Aguirre. After completing law school, he became a founder principal of an Illinois family law and real estate firm. He honorably serves the citizens of Chicago as a police officer attorney. Together, they tell the stories of crimes committed in the Chicago area and the stories of men and women who serve and protect. This is the Popo Report. Love the Popo Report. We're back after a short break. WLS AM 890 Saturday night. Trying to keep you awake on the drive downtown before you uh, really start partying and having a good time. Our next story, Lake County. Just a little bit north of the city here, up on the lake on Lake Michigan. Over by there. Over by there. Lake County police have been giving other policemen a lot of breaks when they catch them drunk and passed out behind the wheel. Citizens are a little upset up there in Lake County. Hey, you know what? This wouldn't be such a big problem if we didn't have cameras. Because there's a lot of, there's called a lot of accountability now. Well, the, the, the problem is, is the citizens feel like, hey, if I'm drunk, I don't get a break. I get taken to jail. I got to bond out. I got to spend five grand on a defense lawyer. I got to go to drunk school. That's another few thousand. By the time I'm done and pay my fine on my first offense, 
I'm up to about 15,000. How come the popo get a break for doing the same thing I'm doing when they're off duty? Hey, you know what the popo say? I think the, the popo would say it cuts both ways. The, we give a lot of breaks to a lot of citizens. Well, that's what they're saying, but the perception is not. To, and, and I tell you, growing up, the, the popo would often do that. If you're like a mile or two within home and you're a little, uh, you know, you've had a few cocktails, maybe one or two more than you shouldn't have, the popo would say, you know what? I'm going to put you in the car. I'm going to take you home. We're going to lock your car. We're going to leave it here on the side of the road. And there's plenty of examples to counter that. You know, you're even you're down the street from your house. You know, right? It, it just depends if you know, lady looks well. on your side. It, you know, <laughs> it just depends on what mood hey. the popos in that day. But yep. they're within their right. It's called police discretion. Well, I mean, that's right. But the moms against drunk driving, they don't want that discretion happening. Maybe for the popo they do, but they don't for the regular citizen. They, you know, the Holocaust on the highways where 50,000 a year, 50,000 people a year get killed in this country. Half of them are DUI related. The moms against drunk driving want everybody to get locked up. And this is this is a tough. It's just not practical. Tough it's, line to walk. You can't lock up everybody every night. It's just for not everything, practical. Right? Exactly. I mean, you're here. The popo, they're going to do. They're going to do their due diligence. They're going to run this guy. They're going to see, you know, what his background looks like. They're going to see, you know, uh, if he's ever been arrested, if he's ever been charged or convicted uh, for uh, any DUI offense. They'll before they make the final determination on site. But now it's kind of it's kind of hard though because again, you got to turn on that body cam the second you get the call. You can't choose, but it's by law. You can't choose to not turn the not turn the body cam on so that's you know it's it's getting harder to cut people breaks especially one of your own well discretion is a great tool when you're on the street isn't it it absolutely is it's a it's a valuable tool. it's an invaluable tool. most police officers would say right i mean sometimes uh, you deserve a break uh, you shouldn't get arrested for every stinking little law that gets broken out there and dui is a serious offense a serious i mean offense. people get killed crippled uh, made crazy after they get hit by a drunk driver. You know, we have the, the young nurse mom with four kids at home driving home from a late-night shift, and a drunk goes through the intersection and ends her life. I mean, this is, this these are the things that keep you up at night. And again, again, the popo, they perform an on-the-spot balancing test. You know, they look at, you know, it, okay, there was no property damage involved. There's no, no personal injury involved. This knucklehead just happened to uh, fall asleep while waiting for the light to change, or... He just pulled off to the side and fell asleep. He's still in control of the vehicle, and you're still within your right to, um, you know, charge him with uh, suspect uh, being under the influence. But then again, you do a balancing test. Again, it's getting harder to do that balancing test because you've got the cameras on and people, you know, you do a FOIA search. And, hey, why did this guy, you know, when right. he's clearly under the influence, not get charged? Why Why was his vehicle, why was he taken out of the vehicle, given a, given a ride or put in an Uber taken to his house and in his car parked why especially to other police officers i th- i think that's where the rub is that's because, the rub that's because, the rub right? because police officers are helping out you know their other own. police officers it's called, right? it's called uh professional courtesy organizational it's called organizational solidarity and and i, I gotta tell you i've seen wars break out between pds i remember a time a chicago pd guy got popped in hickory hills leaving a wedding there by the hickory hills pd and the two police departments fairly went to war for about two years arresting each other on uh, traffic and alcohol offenses. So sometimes it might not be a bad idea to give that fellow officer a break. Uh, the citizens might not like it, but it's all about discretion. I you, hear you. I use hear good you. judgment. Yeah. 
and what happens, we go up to Waukegan, and good judgment sort of goes out the window. Same, same storyline. A young officer on probation that doesn't have six months on the job, he gets found on the side of the road, and he is stinking drunk, and he gets the big pass. Now, number one, you know you're on probation. That's a fireable offense, isn't it? Oh, that's it. <laughs> Your life is over with on the popo. You should just stay home. If you, know, you want to drink, drink in your basement. Don't get, don't go outside, yeah. let alone in the car. Even if yeah. you're not driving. R- really, there's no excuse, man. I mean, listen, yeah, Uber, yeah, friends. Look, there's no excuse to get in the car drunk anymore. There really isn't. No, absolutely not. You know, you there's all kinds but we, but, of services available to get your butt home from the the local gin mill. But we we live in a reality face reality fact based society. It's going to happen. It does happen, and we've got a, you know, we've got to find a solution. Yeah, we've got to figure it out, but I'm telling you, this guy blew a .017, which is twice the legal limit, and this is what enrages the, the local citizens, right? This guy is stone drunk, passed out in his car. He starts it up and starts driving again. Chances of him killing or hitting somebody are, are fairly high, and that's the sort of favoritism that drives, uh, you know, everybody else crazy. The Waukegan police, they gave him the pass. They gave the, the deputy chief a pass. Is that is that the story you're alluding it's, it's to? It's another guy that got the pass, right? The deputy chief caught one too. He got favorable treatment, yeah. Well, other t- two other police officers, a lower rank, uh, rank and file, were actually not given a pass. Right. Well, deputy chief's going to get a pass every time, right? Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's why he's a deputy chief. Yeah, he exactly. can make your life hell if he don't if you don't get a pass, as will the other deputy chiefs. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's called organizational solidarity, and what are you going to do? Well. Uh, you better get a good policy going because the citizens are irked and they're ticked and the newspapers are all over it. So it becomes a political football, right? Yeah, yeah. And, get tossed and, around. And we yeah. would like to see everybody get that occasional break because everyone's deserving of at least one. But, folks, bottom line is, if, even if you're the popo, don't get in the car when you're snockered. N- nothing good's going to happen. Don't even get on the divvy. The divvy? Yeah, don't, yeah, don't ride a bike. You you can't ride the bike trunk either, can you? No, that's a... That's, uh... That's an offense too. You'd be the only popo I know riding divvy. You know, actually, I've written, I've written the divvy while on while on the job. <laughs> Just to put it back where it's supposed to be. What do we got? Some knucklehead left it on the side of the road. What do we got? Coming but I up? digress. What do we have coming up? Yeah, what's going on? We've got some great stories from across the nation, uh, and we're going to do the. Uh, actually, you're going to promo the wrongful conviction quarter. Before we go on a break, folks, you got to call the Popo tip line with any wrongful conviction cases you're aware of. We're going to uh, have a segment in the future dealing with people who have been wrongfully convicted of a crime, wrongfully arrested. Uh, you have overwhelming evidence that, uh, you know, they got screwed. We want to hear about it. We'll feature your story. We'll interview you. We'll talk to you about it. But wrongful conviction is a big problem in this town. Always has been. Doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. It's something we're interested in hearing about. And I think, uh, People listening to the Popo Report want to hear about anyone who's been wrongfully convicted. Thanks a lot, Paul. You've been listening to the Popo Report on WLS AM 890. We'll see you back in a few. The bad Popo Report is back. We're going to talk about, man, you just make my job too easy. We love these stories, don't we, Lupe? Uh, Absolutely. I look forward to this segment every week. You know, the stupid criminals out there and not so stupid. And the folks who get a little agitated over food issues. It's amazing what they try to get away with. Well, sometimes they don't even try to get away. But it makes great reading. Great radio. 
Exactly. Our first story comes out of uh, Hellsburg, California. And uh, I think there's some artwork involved. Giant hammer. Giant hammer artwork apparently stolen in Northern California. And when I say giant, how, how giant is this? It's, 800, it's an 800-pound ball pin hammer made from metal and long redwood handle. That's a tough thing to hide after you steal. And, it's and 21 it's a tough feet thing. long. It's a, what are you going to steal it with, a crane? You need a crane. Well, look, it's valued at $15,000. So, hey, there's some, you know, you could fence that anywhere. You could take it down the street, go to a, uh, yeah, I could go see to the pawn shop and fence it. I could see Louie going, hey, what do, you, what do you expect me to do with this thing here? It's, you want me to melt it down and uh, make it out of scrap metal? I don't know. I give you 20 bucks. It costs you more to rent the crane to steal it than what Louie's going to give you. <laughs> yeah, you know who's really, who's really peed off, though? The artist. If I was the artist, you know, yeah, man. I've got my artwork displayed. I lent it on commission. Hey. And then some knucklehead comes by and, and takes a, I mean, brings a crane to steal my artwork. So it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. Brother, that's driving up the price of that artwork, okay? That artist is going, this thing is so hot, people are stealing it. This hey. is a good thing for the artist. I guess so. Needless to say, the Popo, they want to nail this thief, right, for stealing that hammer. They want to nail him uh, and hammer him into the ground. There we go. We got another one coming out of Honolulu. You ever been to Honolulu, uh, Hawaii? Well, I have, in fact. I haven't. I have. I'm jealous. It's a nice area. Yeah. Sure Six-pack of beer is about 18 bucks, but it's a nice area. <laughs> so what happens here? Uh, I, hear, uh, I hear Gickles involved. No crimes. No crime in this one. Just shenanigans? Just shenanigans. Tomfoolery? Animal shenanigans. I don't know. I don't think the animal, animal shenanigans. Animal shenanigans. Animal amusing himself. So, but it wasn't the. Uh, it wasn't that uh, gecko sponsored by some insurance company, though. No, it wasn't that gecko. This gecko uh, apparently got his little feet on a cell phone and was able to dial a uh, uh, local hospital, marine unit, like according to the story, a bazillion times, to the point where. Everyone panicked because they thought something was terribly happening and uh, because of all these phones and uh, phone calls and hang-ups. It, it literally was going nonstop for a couple hours. Uh, just set everybody in a tizzy in Honolulu. Everybody was uh, uh, sort of worried, you know, what's going, what's going on here. But you know what? Hey, it's a, it's a, it's a great story out of Honolulu. But we're going to move on to, uh, I guess, a donut story. We're going to do the donut story? Yeah, let's do the donut story. We, we love food stories. Why do we love food stories so much? Because people always fight each other about over food. I like, I like when they stab and shoot each other over a rib or a donut. And this this donut story came out of Indiana, New Albany, lovely town. Been there. Got Paul. Yeah, you've been everywhere. I, I have. I've driven all over this country, especially the boring, no fun places. But uh, New Albany, Alabama, Alabama, Indiana. It could be in Alabama. Uh, mommy got a little upset when Daddy didn't bring home the donuts she wanted. God, you know what? Being the popo, I'd be pretty upset too because yeah, we, we, we're pretty particular about our donuts. You, but see, you guys just pull up the back of Dunkin' Donuts and they drop a rack in the trunk, okay? The, but Daddy went out with specific instructions to get that chocolate donut, all right? Mm, and he didn't bring back that chocolate he, donut. He, he didn't bring back that donut and nothing good happened after that. You know, I think he had a secondary choice. She didn't even like the secondary choice, right? You know what? Multiple choices, and you're still not satisfied. And you know when you're not satisfied, you bring out that grill fork, and you just, you know, lay it on. You know, for the less enlightened, what does a grill fork look like? 
I don't know. Uh, I, I would say it's about, yeah, about maybe a foot long. 18 inches. It's a big fork, big two steel prongs, right? You you use it when you're barbecuing. and Backyard uh, grilling. You know, picking up that steak so your little hands don't get burned, right? There you go. Here you go. So it's uh, it's 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 a form, it's like a sword with two prongs, right? That's the best way to describe it. Uh, and uh, young Timothy, the husband of Michelle, uh, he, he he felt what that fork feels like when it, you know, that steak gets uh, grabbed off the grill. Uh, Michelle was grabbing Timothy with that fork. He stuck it in his chest. <laughs> poor guy. Poor guy had to pull it out himself, and he had to, you know, apply apply a lot of compression so he stopped from bleeding out and until the ambulance came. I'm going to say it. He's better off than the guy in displays. Okay, he well, got he got stabbed in the chest. He he was lucky. He, he didn't get stabbed somewhere else. Well, Michelle Nelson was charged with agbat, a felony. And, uh, you know, she's got a, I think it's a $75,000 bond to get uh, out of jail. You think she's going to make it out? That's 7500 to walk out. Now, i got to tell you, Michelle was not that bad looking. And Timothy uh, injuries were not fatal or crippling. I, I think he reevaluates a few phone calls from the county jail. Michelle reminds him uh, what a great wife she is other than when he doesn't bring home the right donuts. And uh, I think he might walk down and post a bond for her. Yeah, life's going to move on. Now we're moving on to New Jersey uh, and Sandy Hook. Sandy yeah, where we have a determined runner struck by a deer, and he finishes a half marathon. Yeah, you gotta, think he would have finished a full marathon? Uh, a I, half I, marathon I gotta, after being struck by a deer, not bad, right? Yeah, let me tell you, when them deers are moving, they are not fun to get hit by. Even if you're in a moving car and they hit that car, there's usually thousands of dollars of damage. This, this, is, a, this is a tough way to go when you're running. Number one, I, you're pretty silly if you're out running any kind of marathon. Oh, you know what? I'm a veteran of 10 marathons and about a half dozen half marathons. So I know what this Christina Chances is going. I know what she's feeling. This is my point exactly. Exactly. Yes, yes. You know, and especially when you hit mile 10, you have a, a couple a couple miles to go. You're at the finish line, and then you get struck by a buck and takes you out. You know what? Did, did, for most runners, you'd be done for. Did, but you know what? She got up. She's tough. Marathoners are tough, Marathoners man. Marathoners are tough. Else, they're determined and tough. We're gonna finish that race. She got up, and uh, she got some. She got some little e, uh, EMS EMS help, but uh, they pushed her through the finish line. Literally, or she make? She, I think no. She, she pushed herself it. through. No, she finished. Uh, you know, she finished about ten minutes slower than her uh, expected uh, finish you know, time. Listen, she got whacked by the deer. I think if you're judged, it must the have marathon, been a small buck. Right? It's, it's probably a small. Hey, buck. listen. I think you take the ten minutes off. No one's gonna beef, right? I, I don't think they should have messed with her time. Yeah. You get a break on that one. Way to go for the marathon runner. Moving on to our next story. And this is out of Maine. We're staying on the East Coast. Uh, out in Uri, we got a man who wins <laughs> wins women's weight in beer at wife carrying contest. Have hope. you ever done one of those? I have not. But, uh, my, you know, my wife is not that big. I could carry her for a while. But if, you know, if your wife has been drinking a lot of beer, this might not be a good idea, a good one to enter. Well, you know, this is uh, this has been going on for a long. For this event's been going on for a while, and there's actually a championship, which is held in Finland. So the uh, the winners here actually are they won last year. So now they're going to go to Finland and uh, compete in the wife carrying championships. They make they make sport and championships out of anything these days. Well, in Finland, apparently there was not a lot to do in the old days because this is based on a legend. Uh, it comes out of Finland involving uh, Rokane and the robber, whose gang was known the Pillage Villages. If you got a gang, you should be out pillaging and take the women. 
Except when they took the women, they would carry them and run with them. From that, we're going to continue on. Uh, you've been listening to the Popo Report on WLS AM 890. We'll see you in a few. Here are the stories of crimes committed against the people of Chicago. Step four. And the stories of the men and women who serve and protect us. This is the Popo Report. Popo Report boys, Paul Cialino, Lupe Aguirre. Back with you for some more great stories, boy. We love Florida, don't we? You've coined the phrase, the mistake that keeps on giving. Jacksonville, Florida. North Florida. Just about 60 miles south of the Georgia border. Don't really, most Floridians don't even consider Jacksonville part of Florida. Near the Panhandle? Or that's actually no, no, no. considered the, the other side. Near the other side's the Panhandle. Atlantic Ocean, go. my friend, okay? Nowhere near the Gulf. So what happened down in Jacksonville is, uh, you know, a lady shows up there, and uh, there's a parole place across the street, and she wants to warm her urine up in the microwave. Well, you know that the uh, the store owner Patel, he's sick and tired of people doing the same thing over and over again. Why hey. do people want to warm their urine well, in my microwave? Well, I'm going to tell you why they want to warm their union, their union. Okay, they want their urine because what union are you talking about? We got a huh? huh? The ladies' urine. Oh, right. So this is this whole thing. Patel's going through this every night. He's got yeah. guys in here, you know, exploding urine in his microwave. He's heated. He's like, hey. No, enough of the urine in my microwave. I don't care if you got a urine test. Uh, you got to take it with parole across the street over there. That's not my problem. All right, you bring them cold urine. Except there's a problem with cold urine is the parole guys know that urine wasn't, you know, didn't come out of you recently. Came out of you a while. It's got to be at least a body temperature. Well, and the parole people they know what happens, right? Someone's using somebody else's urine, so they don't have a hot. Urine test that violates them and puts them back into Hooskow for the reason they're usually there is because they had a and bad... And by Hooskow, we mean jail. Uh, we do mean jail, right? And so these people come into the store, and this lady gets in a beef with Patel and goes, what are you talking about? You got no sign saying I can't warm my, u- my urine. And hey, Patel goes, you know what? All right. He puts a sign up. Hey, that's a perfectly rational argument. Oh. Where is the sign that says I can't warm my urine in your microwave? Yeah, well, you know what? That, that's it's not, a public place. I come in here to buy things. It's Florida. I buy, you it's know, Florida. I, I could buy a sandwich. I could buy some soup. I need to warm it. I got to warm a it, pot right? pie, right? You want to you heat up your pot pie for a little lunch, and uh, you got the lady in front of you warming her urine? I'm not sure I want to use that microwave. You know, I think I'm, I'm going to side with this lady. I mean, oh, you're terrible. Patel's got a point, okay? Let's give him a break. I, I'm, I'm with Patel 100%. You're not warming your stuff up in my microwave, in my store. My friend. Here you go, Mr. Patel. So now we're moving on to Ohio, where uh, actually Dayton, Ohio, where a man says he rescued a cow as a regular backseat passenger. Well, if you're the popo and you're driving on the street and I see a guy with a cow in the backseat, I'm thinking rustler. I'm thinking distracted driver. That's, <laughs> I'm thinking I got to pull this guy over because, uh, you know, it, it, it could cause uh, some kind of accident. It's not like the lab hanging his head out the window. The wind's blowing his jowls all around, hair and fur flying everywhere. We got a, we got a big old cow head sticking out the back window. I mean, it's, it's not safe, but, A, it's a rescued cow, and uh, he becomes part of the family. And when you go on road trips... You're not going to stick them in the, uh, you know, in the, on, on the pickup truck in the back. You're going to stick them right behind your, uh, right behind the passenger and and, and, and driver. Well, I got to tell the you, cab. I, I have a uh, like a protective blanket I, I bought at, at a store 
for Moose, my dog, who's always riding in the car with me. All right, and Moose sheds and he's got dirty feet and God knows what else, but he likes riding in the car. And I'm, if there's an accident of some sort, the, the protective cover takes care of it. But I'm thinking with a cow in the back seat, man, you are out of luck. 18th. I don't. You, there's not enough protective covers in the world to take care of a cow having an accident. 18th month old cow, 800 pounds. Not potty trained. I mean, that's. That's, yeah, I, I don't want to think I want to ride with this guy as a passenger. You know, thank you, Dayton. What a great story. There you go. Excellent. And then we have the toddler. The toddler who uh, has not learned the uh, value of a buck. I don't think it was his fault, though. You know, at, at two years old. They don't know much. They, they, don't, you know, they, you they just, don't talk much. They don't say much. They eat a lot. They, they poop a lot. But, but beyond that, they sleep. They follow by example. Yeah. You know, so he thought I'm just shredding some just regular papers and I'm helping out mom and dad by being, you know, the human toddler, two year not no, two years on toddlers, two year old shredder. He he shredded a thousand bucks, man. Yeah, Cash. Well, yeah. He went ran it right through the shredder. Yeah, well, I think the uh, parents are going to learn a lesson here. And you walk down to the local bank with a shredded thousand bucks. I'm guessing they're not going to take it for deposit. You think the Treasury Department will? Uh, maybe replace the cash i think damaged money there's a whole policy about that sort of thing but sh if you if it's shredded maybe if you bring the toddler in it, it, hopefully somebody got it on that that magical phone that seems to be always recording those young darlings uh doing you know wonderful things well we're going to move on from the treasury department and go into the uh u.s postal service where a postal worker leaves mail on side of road and quits his job you know what i'm just sick and tired of delivering mail this is my last day. Who cares if uh, the rest of my route isn't filled? Yeah, right? that's a federal offense, I think, though, my friend. That's a big problem if you're a postal carrier and you dump the mail in the in the gutter or, you know, in the big dumpster uh, behind Macy's and they find it. Uh, it's pretty easily traced back to you. Hey, Paul, we're going back to Florida. We got a man arrested for pelting his mother with sausages, or as, I, or as we like to pronounce them, sausage. Sausage, yeah, right. What happened? Bradenton, Florida, 22-year-old Floridian. Thank you, Florida, again. Pelting his mom with sausages in the kitchen. Because uh, she took a little bit too long to make him food. <laughs> another, <laughs> another winner. You, Ma. Hey, Ma, make me, some, make me a sandwich. You know, I got to tell you, when you're making the sausages, you can't rush it. It's impossible. You, sausage got to be cooked. It's pork product, right? You want to make a great sausage. It takes time. Hey, Junior, you want to be sick? You want to eat some raw pork? Or you want me to finish these sausages and you can eat it? Junior says, you know what? Stick the sausages. And he starts whacking Mom, hitting them, throwing them, and hitting her in the head and body with them. And the boot, he basically blames his mom. He said she was the instigator. She's moving to it. She bumped into him, he said. Hey, hey. Miss, hey, Popo, she bumped into me. I, I was defending myself. I defended myself with the sausages being whipped across the room. This genius out of Florida. It's uh, not well. fair. Listen, if your mom, I'm telling you, I'm not cooking many more meals for this dude, all right? In fact, it's 22-year-old butt. Go get a job, move out, cook your own sausage. I think this would uh, uh, be in the category of domestic violence. Well, he got charged, didn't he? I believe a misdemeanor. I'm going to love the judge in this one. Okay, let me see. What do we got here? Young man, you, what, you, you did what? You're throwing sausages at your mom while she's cooking. She's cooking you dinner, and you start throwing food at her. I'm, I'm thinking he's going to do some county time over this, maybe. At the very least, maybe some, uh, I don't know, maybe some, uh, he's got to do some community service uh, at a local uh, sausage factory. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd have them doing community service, picking up trash for about the next year along Bradenton and Longboat Key there. All right? You throw a sausage at Mom, I'm, I'm going to whack you around. Well, uh, moving on from this sausage story, we got a couple great stories coming up. We got a potato chip and a lewd interaction with an Easter bunny. You've been listening to the Popo Report on WLS AM 890. And you can also catch us on WLSAM.com. Oh, Popo Report back at you Saturday night. WLS AM 890 Chicago. 50,000 powerful screaming watts jumping around your car. Hopefully you got them nine speakers cranked up loud. You're listening to the Popo Report. And we appreciate it. Lupe, what do we got? What's next? I guess we're moving on to South Carolina. Uh, they're almost as good as Florida. They're not bad. Yeah, they're not too far apart. We got a 19-year-old nitwit who <laughs> shoots uh, his 17-year-old cousin for eating his potato chip, nonetheless. You know, this is becoming a reoccurring theme on the Popo Report. People getting stabbed, shot, uh, uh, nailed with uh, long forks over food issues. You know, this you, this gunfight breaks out in this one. Well, you've got to basically eat by yourself and not with company because the fights are always going to break out. What happened here with uh, Mr. Ryan Langdale? What, what do you think a bag of chips cost? And this isn't ribs. I understood the guy who stabbed his brother over taking the last rib. Right? I, I got that. The ribs are delicious. The ribs are, ribs are worth fighting over. Maybe not to the level of you get stabbed between the ribs. But, I mean, come on, man. Potato chips, really? We're going to shoot you over a bag of chips? Absolutely, man. Don't be eating my chips. Listen, you don't shoot somebody over the stupid chips. I mean, real, even if you're in South Carolina or Florida, this is not a capital offense. And, you know, the, the popo show up and go, they're, they're like, they can't believe it. Well, this, this, uh, this uh, genius was... Uh, <laughs> Charged with attempted murder, weapons possession, and obstruction of justice. Okay, how do you... Okay, I understand getting, you know, getting nearly killed over potato chips, but then you pile on obstruction of justice? Well, you know what happened? You know what happened. I know that, what happened. That ain't me. Here's my fake ID card. That's the obstruction charge. Somebody lying about who they are, where they live, and what they're about. And, and what they did. Well, listen, you know what? The dimwit hair is going to catch about 20 years for this one. The, yeah, South, the, the South Carolina judges don't play. Yeah, because you know what? This cousin, you know, once he woke up from emergency surgery <laughs> and a couple, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, a couple days later, he finally told the investigators, uh, no, he did it. My cousin did it. You he, know, it wasn't an accident while I was cleaning my gun. As the hawk used to say, he gone. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> he gone. So, folks, our next story is, Fairly interesting. There's an interesting interaction between a lady and the Easter Bunny. And something good is not happening. So, Lupe, you're in the squad car. You're traveling down the old, you know, Highway 41, and you get the radio call. Down in Ohio. You get the radio call. Hey, lady with an Easter Bunny being lewd. What do you think? Tell me, I mean, you get this call, and you got to be like, what? Well, it depends. You know, are we going? Did we just get off a of lunch, or were we thinking about going to lunch? Either way, I'm thinking it's probably a disturbance, not a big deal, and probably someone's either high or intoxicated. So uh, we're not going to go lights and sirens. 
we're going to take an easy we're going to take an easy ride hopefully by the time we get there the whole thing will you know work itself out but unfortunately that doesn't always happen well, it's the popo dream it's all over with by the time i get there let's i don't have to time. do anything right let's take our time yes and you know 9 times out of 10 it does work itself out but when alcohol's involved you know you got the uh, you got the you got that liquid courage going and then uh, you know you just that never that never works itself out unfortunately it didn't happen here so but this is great this is great this is what everybody wants to know what's going through your mind you you get this call you, right away it's like bizarro land wait a minute did i just hear this right i got a lady who's being lewd with the easter bunny that's that's the call you guys are sending me and you on? go to a carousel park i'm like don't they have the carousel park police to do that that's you know, don't they have private security to handle this i'm like why are you calling why, why are you calling us why? that's the first thing you and your partner are going why yeah this is uh this is kind of like you know not in our league you know, because they have the carousel police for that. But nonetheless, we have to. We still have to. Much, we still have to show up. Much below my pay grade. I should not be dealing with these issues. That's what you're thinking, isn't it? Exactly. Especially uh, with an Easter Bunny. But you know what? Nonetheless, we show up and uh, we uh, we get directed to the uh, so-called offender. All right. So let's stop there. We're going to separate the Easter Bunny from the lewd lady who's acting lewd with him. How are we going to handle this? So we actually we call we we, we talk to the uh, the uh, complainant or the caller as I like to call them, complainers. But we'll stick with complainants, okay, because that's the legal term. So what's going on, ma'am? Why are we here? Oh, that lady is causing a disturbance. And then we go to that lady. Excuse me, ma'am. Uh, can you step over here? Um, what's going on? And the minute you start smelling alcohol, the minute you start, you know, their eyes look glassy. Uh, it could be mental health, right? Glassy could water. could be a mental health issue, too, right? Exactly. So you, so you approach each situation with an open mind. You don't, you don't, you don't bias. You don't prejudge the situation. <laughs> anybody getting? I say that with a, uh, I say that with a smirk. And anybody getting thrown down on the ground and cuffed at this point? Not at this point. Um, and you know, we we like to hear both sides of the story. You know, because maybe someone's a little bit too. You know, uh, they're overreacting. They're exaggerating. And uh, we just like to give every player a fair shake. It's a, this is critical. Okay, yeah. who's interviewing the Easter Bunny, the victim? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, say for the sake of argument, Lupe's interviewing the Easter Bunny. Big it, question: Does he get to stay in costume while you're interviewing, him, or do you make him take the Easter Bunny head off? He stays in costume. I love this. This is great. You, and, and and of course, what's what's being picked up? Cause the video. Because you're performing. This, oh, oh, absolutely. This, this is, is all on video. This, my friend, this is YouTube gold. Okay, interviewing the Easter Bunny about just what happened. This ludicrous act. Why am I here? Why Why are we here? <laughs> why can't you take care of this? So at the end of the day, you know, we you, you, you just basically have to remove the uh, the offender from the situation. And then unless there's a battery, unless there's an assault, if you're just talking sexy with the bunny, you know, that's a different story. We can live with talking sexy. But the bunny is in costume explaining this to you. It's almost like a puppet talking to you, except there's there's actually a human being underneath the, the bunny. Head. We're all in character. The bunny's in character. I'm in, char in character. I'm pretending to care, you know, and uh, actually want to listen to this guy. But at the end of the day, I just want to take get this lady away from the situation so we don't have any more calls. Is it all in HD, babe? Is it all in high definition? I mean, this I'm telling you, I want to watch this. It's all in Dolby. It's all in high def. It's, it's, it's for posterity. It's always going to live. You know, you could, you could basically play back as many times as you want. Do you, do, do you warn the bunny on the language thing? No. Hey, hey, watch the language because we're being, you know, this is on film. Hey, as long as you're not hitting each other, as long as you're not threatening each other, I don't care. Let's just 
remove you, let's remove let's remove everybody from the situation and move on with our lives because the Pope will have better things to do. The Pope don't want to make an arrest here, do they? Uh, the Pope don't need to make an arrest because you know what the uh, the county jails are are full are full. So, but the I mean, complainer this... might be demanding an arrest. I mean, we have that problem now, right? The complainer's going, hey, hey, somebody's got to go to jail. They they've ruined my whole operation today. I mean, that's nonsense. But moving on, we're gonna. We're gonna end. We're gonna end with a happy ending. I like you we, like happy endings, right? We love happy endings. Everybody loves happy endings. In Chicago, a happy ending is a staple. And check this out. We got a, we got a, we got a good Samaritan driver who revives a squirrel after a car scare. It's a car scare, and this happens in Minnesota. Brook, Brooklyn Park. You've been to Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, right? Because you've been everywhere. Paul. I, I, I've driven through it. It's a little slow up in Minnesota, though. We're reviving squirrels now. We're reviving squirrels, and what happened here? Popo witnessed this revival, I believe. They were like, what's this guy doing? This is miracle territory, I'm telling you. He was basically performing chest compressions on this squirrel because he, the squirrel was scared death. One finger or two finger? Uh, I think chest it was two fingers. I think it was two fingers. But, uh, how many beats per minute? I'm, I'm, in case, this is a public service announcement, folks, for if you see a, a squirrel who's been stunned badly in the uh, suburbs or city parks, there is something you can do. There's hope. There's hope. Rocky the squirrel. Happy ending. This good Samaritan saved a life. Any awards coming? No? I think he's going to get the key to the city. All right. I love this guy. This is a great story. Absolutely. The best happy ending ever. It is the best. It's a great happy ending. Not the best. This is the Popo Report on WLS AM 890. And don't forget our Popo tip line, 312-590-0587. If you missed anything, catch us on WLSAM.com. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.